everybody. It's Greg Thompson from Pod Wheels, and welcome to the first episode of Liner Notes, a podcast where we will be featuring some in-depth conversations with a wide range of musical artists. In a moment, you'll hear from Lindsay Lawler, who will be our guest on the debut edition of Liner Notes from Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. But before we get to our interview with Lindsay, I'd like to give you a little bit of background on our series. The title of our podcast actually pays tribute to the notes that you can find on the back cover or inside sleeves of a record album. You can also find liner notes on the pages of booklets that accompany a compact disc. Now folks, when I was a kid and beginning to get interested in music and specific artists, it was a long, long time before the internet. Man, it was a long time ago. And other than reading an interview in a magazine or catching an interview on radio or TV, the only way that you can learn more about a musical artist in those days was to check out the liner notes that were included with the record album or CDs when they came along later. So folks, now that you have the context for the series, you can see that we're going to provide you with in-depth interviews that can really serve as a digital form of liner notes. So let's get to it. Let's share our first set of liner notes with you. As I mentioned a moment ago, we talked with Lindsay Lawler just a few days ahead of making the trip to the Mid-America Trucking Show, Matt's 2022. We caught up with Lindsay through a Zoom connection while she was still at home in the Nashville area. Lindsay Lawler joins us now on the podcast. Lindsay, it's great to talk to you again. It's been about a year The last time you and I talked was right before the SCF Highway to Hope Benefit. You were a part of that. You've long been a friend of the trucking industry. It's great to have you on this series. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited y'all are doing this. So thank you for having me. And it's stuff like this that is so cool to me that I feel like so long there's been so much in the trucking industry that's all focused on trucks. And I think drivers are out there being like, we like other things than trucks. Give me more content. So I love that you're putting this together and it's music and entertainment and sci-fi and anything that anyone could ever like you're focusing on now. Giving drivers a reprieve with all that time they have in the truck. Absolutely, because you've spent a lot of time with drivers. You know that there is a lot of dead time in this business. There's time to rest and recover. There's time at shippers. We're in a world now where we have our phones, we've got a million apps on our phones, and we want to be entertained or informed in those times where we just don't want to totally shut down. So having something like this and having in-depth conversations with folks like yourself, we can kind of go behind the scenes of your music. We can go behind the scenes of who you are because I find that those things are really interesting to people. Absolutely. I love the behind the scenes. You mentioned liner notes earlier and the idea of liner notes and what goes into a project. And I started to say earlier that I missed the times when we'd put out a physical CD because I remember putting so much time and thought and effort into what I would write on those liner notes and who I would think and what that specific album was going to be remembered for. We don't get to do that anymore because very few people are buying physical CDs. So podcasts now and the behind the scenes conversation are liner notes. So I love this aspect. 
aspect of it. Well, and I think I shared with you offline the other day that one of the items on my bucket list was to be included in an artist's liner notes, and that actually happened to me a couple of years ago. Another friend who is on this series that you'll hear, Scott Sherrard, put out a solo record and actually put out a physical album, and I'm flipping through the CD, and I'm looking, I'm like, wow, he actually thanked me. Because I remember another friend of mine in Minneapolis put out an album many, many years ago. We want to thank Joe's Garage. You see those odd things, and I always thought they were so cool. You know, you'd referenced it. You've been around this industry long enough to have seen a time when we've gone from physical products, CDs, albums. Albums are making a little bit of a comeback, but everything's digital now. So talk to me about what's been happening in the music industry just over the last five, 10 years. Well, the idea that everything is digital and we can create and put out so quickly, and then as an audience, we can also attain everything so quickly is both exciting and overwhelming because we could constantly be putting stuff out. Back in the day, it was we worked so hard to write and then create this album. And then the time that it took to physically go and produce, mass produce now, Album, and then be able to figure out distribution and then actually get it in the hands of people. That was like a lifetime of just that process. Now I can write something, quickly demo it in my home studio and have it online all in an hour. And that's very exciting. It's very powerful as an artist, but it's also super overwhelming because now I'm up at night. Like I got to be putting stuff out all the time. I can now. So it's like, that's blessing and a curse, more of a blessing than anything. But then also how I'm trying to release music in 2022 this year probably but you think about okay i've got a song that i want to put out i don't just want to throw stuff out throw it out i want some thought and care to still go into it so i've been in a place where it took a long time to put it out i've been in a place where i just randomly threw stuff out and now i'm trying to kind of meet somewhere back in the middle and continue to create content but with that careful thought i don't know if you've seen this but i found this fascinating i finished watching the beatles get back series mm -hmm. and to see what what those guys did, who many consider them to be among the greatest artists of all time, and you think about what they were doing through that process, to me that was just going under the hood. First of all, did you get a chance to see that? I've started it. I'm not all the way through, but I've started it, yes. And I realize that some of our folks may have seen this, some may not have. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's definitely worth the 30-day trial to watch this six-hour series. I've read a lot about it. Originally, it was like 18 hours, and he called it down to six. As an artist, when you watch four of the greatest to ever do it, what are your thoughts? I think the biggest takeaway, especially as an artist that I'd like the listener to know, and then myself as a listener on the other side, is just to remember when you're listening to a song or a creation or a piece of art, people have no idea what goes into the creation of things if you're not a music creator. And that's fine. I appreciate that. I love that people can just enjoy it and have the escapism through it. But what I think watching something like that and then having these conversations for people to understand, like, this is our labor of love and our purpose and why we as creators are here on earth so for listeners to be able to experience music differently and to think in their mind what went into that to be able to have their own takeaway of not just listening to a song in the background but being like I wonder what that person was thinking when they created it and then now what does it mean to me and then to like dig in and listen to the writer talk about it and then see how that affects me 
just take it as a piece of art and be a little more methodical about how you listen to music. We see so much in that series. Again, I only started watching it, but I can assume where it goes. The Beatles didn't just throw stuff out there. They were consciously creating art. So more and more shows and stories like that for people to understand what's behind this. And this isn't just a hobby. I feel like over the years, so many times I've had people be like, will you come like play our party? Like, it'll be fun and you'll get some exposure. I'm like, no, no, no. This is my career. I appreciate you wanting me to be a part of your party, but this is my career and my passion and my love and understand all that goes into that. It is a passion of yours. When you're into that art, when you're into that creation, I had a friend of mine that interviewed Greg Allman many years ago, and he asked Greg, he said, well, how do you write a song? And at the time, I thought this was just kind of a showbiz answer. But Greg just looked at him and goes, well, he said, I don't write a song, but a song writes me. Now, years later, I listened to his stuff and the later things that he did. When you get into something, you're not just writing it, it's writing you. Do you feel that that's sort of a fair statement about the songwriting? 100%. Because, I mean, songs are gifts. I really believe that. And the older I get, the more spiritually connected I get too. I think I see that like I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I've also just moved out into the woods for the first time. Don't have city dwelling with people on top of me. I'm waking up with my song downloads, as I call it, in the middle of the night. And I just can't stop writing. I believe they're gifts from a higher power. For somebody that's never written a song and that's it's like, how do I write a song? You can certainly hone your craft and take songwriting courses. But I genuinely believe that the most powerful songs and messages, they show up and you know, there's nothing cooler than being in a songwriting session or yourself. I mean, I love co-writing. I'm not a wonderful musician. I'm a great lyricist and melody person, but co-creating with a few specific people. But that's the beauty of co-creation too, because what I bring to the table and then someone else elevates and it just grows from there. There's an awesome scene in the movie Hustle and Flow. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not, no. I mean, it's a super like vulgar, tough movie. <laughs> you just see them in the studio build. It's like one person puts a beat down. You just feel the power of something special is growing. When you're songwriting and you know you have something good and it's just flowing, you know it's special and you know that it's bigger than you. And I would imagine there's nothing like finding that good co-creator. And I'm sure you've just mentioned you've got a couple of folks that you like to work with. When you get that flow going, it's, yeah, we got it. Or what do you think about this? Think about Elton John and Bernie Taupin. There's so many out there that have combined to do great things. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your relationship with the trucking industry, because for folks that may be getting to know you for the first time, there's probably a few, but let's just review for just a couple of minutes because you have built a real special relationship with the trucking industry. I have. I've been in Nashville 15 years now, and I was playing at Tootsie's when I first moved to town, and I went to Dallas, where I'm from, and played at Gats, like back in the corner, like by the bathrooms, singing at somebody's booth. I don't even remember what. And I met people from TCA, the truckload carriers at the time, and they had the Highway Angel program. And I said, let me write a song about this program. The then time president, Chris Burris, said to me, oh, that's either going to be horribly cheesy or horribly depressing. I'm like, yeah, just let me try. We did. My friend Chris Roberts and I, who I co-write with quite a bit, we wrote this song called Highway Angel. I believe we did it really good justice and told a story without being too specific. That's always been my goal in writing songs for trucking. If you're a trucker, you get it. If you know, you know. That kind of kicked off my relationship in trucking. And then I just realized how similar the lifestyle of a musician and a trucker are and all the different things, having to be out on the road to work and leave your family and friends and the comforts of home, the people at the truck stops becoming your friends when you're traveling. Also, truck drivers provide really great content for songwriting, for storytelling. A lot of my songs have come from something a trucker has said. That's life. That's real life conversation. 
that spun my relationship and I developed a thing called the Highway Angel Truck Stop Tour. We've been on the road for several years doing free concerts for truck drivers, obviously stopped with COVID, but it's going to come back very soon. It's been a challenge writing songs that, like I said, drivers can identify with, but other people, four-wheelers and humanity in general can identify with as well. Moving forward, I have a lot of new music coming up that isn't necessarily trucking specific, but drivers like music, so they're going to like whatever we put out. And if you're meant to find my music, you will find it. You brought up a couple of great points that I want to touch on. One is, as you said, everything pretty much shut down for a couple of years. You and I are going to Matt's here. We're talking a few days before Matt's. We're going to be up there, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Matt's got canceled a couple of years ago. The whole world shut down. Music, live performing, ended. So let's talk a little bit about how you work your way, how you repositioned yourself through COVID and you mentioned new recordings and want to get into that. But first, let's talk a little bit about basically how was your pandemic? <laughs> Oddly, pretty good. It was a struggle, but 80% of my work stopped. My husband travels the world for work. So 100% of his work stopped. He works in film and TV on travel shows. So our work came to a halt. We were fortunate enough, though, to be together. And now our daughter is three. But my husband was able to be home with us, with her through some formidable time in her age. I think unconsciously, looking back at the time, I think that pandemic, I just got to focus on life and what was important, reprioritize. I think for me, if life continued on the path it was, I don't know if I would have been able to circle back and really focus on music. I think I was going down a path where I'm going to do all these other things and I'll be Lindsay the businesswoman and this and that. And I just want to stay busy. It just kind of was spinning out and I was losing my focus on music, which is really what lights me up, music and my family. So it gave me a time to refocus. I've got plenty to write about now, write from a very different place, like a very different heart-centered place than I ever was. I feel like I'm ready now to actually consciously say some stuff and put myself out there and be vulnerable. And the biggest thing that I've found is that I don't have to write songs that I hope will speak to everyone. I can now write from a very specific place. I can tell my very specific stories. And if you identify, great. If you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter. I don't need to worry about how I'm going to put it out. I'm just going to write to specifically me, put it out how it benefits me and know that the right people will find it. And those are the songs that I always identified with growing up. It's like, well, they're saying something really interesting and I don't really get it because it isn't general. So now I got to dig to figure out how it affects me and come up with my own interpretation of the song. And that's what I'm excited to do now. You mentioned earlier, you're releasing songs in 2022. You had mentioned this to us during the SCF Highway to Hope podcast interview about a year ago that you were looking and working on this project. It was going to be much different than what you had done throughout your career. So tell us a little bit about this. The first one is out. It was released in January. I gotta say, it's definitely a departure. I loved it. I'm not usually one that would gravitate to something that harkens back to 80s dance music. I found it to be just very sparkly and I could feel your personality coming through. I felt it's definitely not going to be on the country charts. What I love about this project is you don't want to be pigeonholed. This is being you as an artist, having basically access to a full palette. So tell us the title of the song, tell us the inspiration, 
what was behind it, and a little bit about this project. Yeah, I'm just writing to write these days, and things are going to come out as they come out, basically. That's the extent of it. So no one ever asked me again what kind of music I make. I'm going to say music. What I make is music. So this first song that has just come out is called By My Own Diamond. It's funny how it was evolved. Chris Roberts, my co-writer on it, and then our buddy Kyle Jefferson, who is a third co-writer because he made the track. But Chris heard a woman at the checkout line at a grocery store say something to the effect of, I can buy my own diamond. We went to a writing retreat in Florida at the beginning of 2021. We took a group of bunch of just random people from all different musical genres and took them down to Florida in the Keys and just did a concentrated writing retreat. My first and second single that are coming out this year are two that came from that week. These two songs could not be more different. But this one, we put, I basically was like, I can buy my own diamond. I love that. I love the empowerment of it, both from just a female perspective. But also for me, it's kind of my, forgive me, middle finger to the music industry. <laughs> my not so love letter to the music industry, I say, because I've never had a specific record label behind me or the quote unquote machine behind me. I've really made my own path. Half of that is fear of being turned down. That's probably the biggest portion of it. So I've never taken an actual label meeting. The other half is I've seen so many friends in the industry who got deals and granted, they put some money behind them, but they never got to go just be themselves and make their own choices. I've gotten to make my own choices. Maybe it hasn't catapulted me to a specific level, but I'm making music as a living and it's come in a lot of different random forms that I would have never expected, but I'm doing it all my own terms. And everything's different and shifting and I don't need any label to tell me that won't work because I know whatever I want to do will work in whatever capacity. So that's where Buy My Own Diamond came from. I knew it had to be sassy, obviously. So Chris had an acoustic guitar and Kyle had his setup. He's a track guy. He's a brilliant track guy to make these amazing, huge productions. I had the lyric, you can buy me a boat, you can buy me an island, but I need you to know I can buy my own diamond. That was our course. And then the beginning, I asked the first line, I used to wear this dress for someone else. These days I put it on just for myself. That could be any female, but also back to the music industry. And then I just started dancing for Kyle, how I hurt. I'm like, okay, this is going to be weird, but I'm going to do this dance. And that's what I want the song to sound like. He's like, okay. And I did this dance, which we'll have to maybe make a video that you can include with this podcast. <laughs> I did this little dance and he's like, got it. Come back in five minutes. I went away and worked on a lyric. Chris and I came back and 15 minutes later, had this track built. He takes his headphones off and hits play. And he's like, something like this. And I was like, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> and then we wrote the whole song around it. The song was done in probably 20 minutes. Yo, I used to wear this dress for someone else These days I put it on just for myself No more waiting back the phone No more crying cause you're gone In case you forget, I call my own shots You can buy me a boat You can buy me an island But I need you to know I can buy my own diamond I need you to know I can buy my own diamonds. I can buy my own
I find that to be so fascinating on so many levels. A, the path that you've chosen, because as I said, I've been fortunate to be around people in the music industry for 35 years. I know the struggles. What is beautiful these days about where things are in the music world is that you can go do this. You can put a good single out. You can put an album out. And it could be on streaming. It could be out there for your fans. And then when I hear about what you're saying about the empowerment and the lines in the song, tremendous stuff. And then finally, to be in that moment where it all comes together, that 20 minutes of you guys working on that is something you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I've had so many moments. Everyone I know that's an artist had so many moments where you're like, oh, this is it. Someone that I opened for when I sang at the Capitol or when I ended up on a certain chart. I've had all those times and you think, oh, this is it. Like everything's about to change. And then it doesn't. But it does had all those moments, which means you're creating music and that's it. And now I've lived enough artist life and life in general to realize all our job is, is to create. That's it. If you can take the worry out of what comes next and not give a you know what about what anyone else thinks, like what anyone else thinks is none of my business. Put that on my tombstone, although I'm going to be cremated. So blow it in the wind when I pass. I mean, that is the most freeing thing. Worry about that. It needs to be a certain caliber or I need to be what a different artist is doing. I don't know. There's no other way to forge your own path than not caring about what someone else is doing. Those of us who work in creative fields, that's one of the first things you have to get over is that everybody's going to be a critic. There are people you're definitely going to listen to. There's a circle of folks that you put this together and what do you think? They'll give you honest feedback. They asked Bob Dylan one time about music critics and he's like, music critics, he goes, how low can you go? I love that. How low can you go to critique something I put my heart into? When you look at what you've done and when you look at where you are and how you're moving forward, do you look at yourself, you could be inspired? Inspiring others to follow that path. 
I hope so, but if not, I also don't care. And I say that with love for myself and it made me lose myself. I certainly hope that I can inspire anybody. That is another reason we're on this earth to shine a light and help each other grow. But I can't be concerned with that or else I will lose myself. One of the things I'm really loving about what we're doing with Liner Notes is that we're going to have you back on repeated times here because you have other songs in this series that you're doing. You've got a new one coming out here in March, a little bit after the truck show or around then. We're not going to play it for folks, but give us a little preview of that and then what's coming up later in the year. So it's funny, when I initially started saying this, I'm like, okay, these singles are going to come out on the 22nd. I have a big connection to the number 22. They're going to come out on the 22nd of each month. And then I was like, certain songs, I'm like, oh, wait, I don't want to release that yet. I want to wait and do that later. And of course, per usual, everything shifts. And the next single that'll come out, it's called I'm Okay. We recorded it and I didn't like the recording. I'm like, no, we got to go back in the studio. So it's going to come out later. And I had to be like, oh, here's the other beauty of doing this on my own terms. If I say it's going to come out a certain date and it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> like, There's not going to be anyone calling me like, you said it'd be out on the 22nd and now it's not coming out. It doesn't matter. Everything will come out when it's supposed to. So that is also very empowering. That goes back to, I don't just want to throw stuff out if it's not ready. And this next song, which we'll talk about on the next one. It's called I'm Okay. It's the most vulnerable thing I've ever done. I'm still deciding how much I want to talk about specifically where the song came from and how much I want to let the audience create their own connection to it. So I'm working through that. At 5 a.m. this morning, I shot up in bed and instinctively knew what the video is going to be. It's going to be really powerful for nothing else for myself and for the other people that are going to be in this room when we shoot it. And I'm really excited and proud of it. We're going to be filming that soon. I'm excited to have the next conversation with you because it's a song where like, I flew home to talk to my family about it and tell them the backstory because like, I can't put out a song this powerful without telling some people what's going on or else because they'd hear the song and be like, mm, should we talk? <laughs> I'm anxious to put it out. It's not like the Latin dance song by my own diamond. It's moving guitar and orchestra, basically. Every song's going to be a little different and I'm not going to worry about what it looks like or what genre is. It's just all going to be a little different, which it's funny. I had a conversation. We were sitting by a campfire with some friends last night. He's like, I just added your Pandora station. And I'm like, I'm so excited to see after each different genre comes out, what that's going to do to the Pandora and Spotify algorithm on my station. Cause they're going to be like, I don't know to lump you with Casey Musgraves or Shakira or Bob Marley interested to see that shake up <laughs> i just thought of something that if you wanted to put this collection together as an album at the end of the year you could title it and now for something completely different i like that i like that <laughs> hey and you know what if i title that i will thank you in the liner note right that's great this is exciting stuff i want to close by we're getting ready to go to the truck show in louisville matt's mid america truck show this is the 50th anniversary. I know you're going to be a part of the celebration there on Saturday. Tell us a little bit about your excitement, what you're looking forward to. I've heard during conversation that you're looking forward to sitting down and talking with drivers, maybe getting some more stories. As we approach Matt's, what are you looking forward to? I'm excited to see people. Greg, I'm excited to see and hug people. We haven't been to a truck show in so long. I'm just excited to reconnect. I've gotten a bunch of messages from drivers saying, are you going to be there? So the answer is yes. Yeah, I'm excited to see people and every new connection leads to something always. So I'm excited just to walk the floor. I'm going to be on air on Radio Nemo on Saturday. 
I'm going to be there all day Friday, just wandering, seeing people. One of my dear friends, co-writer, my guitar player, Kevin Post, is out on the road with Clay Walker. Clay is playing Friday night, so I'm going to go see them. I'm just excited to network again and get back and love on some people I haven't seen in a while, meet some new people and just see where those connections go and approach this next phase of life with an open heart and open mind. Let's see where it takes us. Any final thoughts before we go? You can check out Buy My Own Diamond. It's lindsaylawler.com, L-A-W-L-E-R. And I'm on social media, Lindsay Lawler Music. Just please go listen, download Buy My Own Diamond. You can download it on iTunes. Add it to a Spotify playlist, please. And keep listening here to the podcast and we'll hear more music. And I just appreciate you taking the time to promote my music and me being weird. You're being an artist and I love it. I love the conversations that we're having. This was a great way to kick things off. Looking forward to seeing you in person at Matt's. Truly appreciate the time and excited for the next in this series. And then later on in the year, I'm sure you've got some other pieces of, as we were just talking about, and now for something completely different. Mm-hmm. I do. More to come. I'll save that for the next show. That's Lindsay Lawler closing out our first episode of the Liner Notes podcast from Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. We would like to take this opportunity to thank Lindsay for her time and perspective, and we look forward to having Lindsay back on Liner Notes in the near future. Now, folks, if you'd like to catch up on the latest with what's happening with Lindsay, we invite you to visit her website, lindsaylawler.com. That web address again is lindsaylawler.com. Be sure to check back with us here for the next episode of Liner Notes on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo.